Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Selectabet and I'm joined for our last podcast of 2020 by Greg Brown. How's it going, Greg? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. Good, and as I say, this is the last podcast of 2020. It's been quite a year um, all round, generally, but on the podcast, it's taken us from Dynamo Minsk to Dundonald Bluebell and just about everything in between. Um, and it's uh, really tested your metal as a tipster this year. No, it has, but I must admit, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I think we've looked at new leagues, we've identified new markets. It has been the challenge in the fact that one... We played what 70% of the season behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's added a mix, a different dimension to things as well. But no, really pleased how things have gone. Um, obviously, we launched the private channel back in July as well. Yeah. And that's gone fantastically well since July. So, a challenging year. But I think, personally, for us both, it's been a really good year. Yeah, I think, um, certainly from a football point of view, and from a from a betting point of view, it has been really challenging. But I think it's also kind of proven that if you can find a niche and if you can do enough work and enough homework, then there is an edge that you can gain on the bookies. And I think you proved that particularly well in the the Belarusian stuff that we were doing from what March through to July, August, maybe. Yeah, definitely. And I think obviously, COVID's been just a nightmare for everyone, and yeah. it's just been a struggle. But I think for us personally. I'm not saying COVID's been a blessing, but what's happened has allowed us to do that. Mm-hmm. It's allowed us to take stock, take a bit of time out and understand, right, let's see what's out there, what leagues are live, and to your point, can we find a niche on some of these leagues and markets? And we certainly have. Yeah, and to be fair, the last three, four months we've returned to Scottish football, we've always said that's your bread and butter. I think you had your 15th one in Nap out of 20 in midweek. Um, so that's proven to be profitable and the knowledge that you've got on the ground uh, and with your contacts has been invaluable. It has. And I, I think we always said that um, the Scottish leagues will be where we kind of turn our attention to and it is our bread and butter. But yeah, delighted to have 15 out of 20 winning naps in the league this season so far and um, thoroughly looking forward to 2021, which I'm hoping for everyone um, outside of football will be a much better year. Yeah, I don't suppose it can get much worse, to be honest. <laughs> but um, yeah, hopefully we can, uh, I was going to say finish the year, I suppose. The, the first games aren't until 2021, so start the year with a win this weekend. Last weekend, we had two tips on the podcast and two winners, so that was a good way to sign off on 2020. Yeah, so Aberdeen at home to St Johnston. Uh, incredibly, McBookie were offering 7-4 to four on Aberdeen to score two. Mm-hmm. which I thought was just ridiculous. Um, we had Aberdeen to not lose the game, double chance, and for there to be two goals in the match. So that landed the nap. And Queen of the South and Dundee served up a 3-1, I think it was, um, down at uh, Queen of the South to land at other bit. And I think midweek we had Hearts-Dundee double at 11-10, which we put on the channel, I think on Monday, I put it up on Sunday, sorry, on the channel. And that went off at four to six. So again, it just shows that getting these bets up, identifying the value, at least two or three days early on, it pays. Yeah, always good to get in early. And that made it five out of six months of profit 
uh, on the channel since it's launched. So got to be very happy with your performance there so far as well. Yeah, really pleased. I think um, December started off really unlucky. I think we probably had a week of just absolutely zero luck. Lots of last-minute goals going in against us. A corner shot here and there. But overall, I think over the last two or three weeks, it's been a complete turnaround. And to end the year, five months out of profit out of six. Um, yeah, really pleased with. And just looking forward to making it profit again, hopefully, in January. Yeah, we're starting to look ahead to the new year already. And big weekend of football uh, in Scotland. Uh, the New Year fixture is always one that's keenly anticipated. The way the fixtures work out, generally try and um, organise the matches to be more local, so a few derbies lined up. Yeah, that's why Johnson well. travelled to Ross County. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's probably the only one where there's a, a serious amount of travelling involved. Obviously, unfortunately, this year there's no fans having to travel, um, so it's just the teams need to get themselves up to, up to Dingwall for that game. Um, and we can touch before we started recording about the likelihood of some of the games this weekend could be called off. The weather's pretty dismal here in Scotland. Uh, it's been snowing a couple of days ago, so it's frozen over a wee bit. It started to snow again today. Um, so, yeah, we'll be approaching this weekend with caution. Yeah, there's been a decent covering of snow this morning anyway, so I'm not even looking at anything in League 1 and League 2. Um, I think we spoke about pre-podcast uh, Queen's Park being at Albion Rovers. And if there's one game that's likely to be called off. It'll be a match <laughs> involving Albion Rovers at home at Clifton Hill. <laughs> yeah, I think the one I was surprised that was uh, Livingston v Aberdeen called off last you night. You know what? I actually wasn't surprised. When I woke up yesterday, it was personally cold. It was freezing cold. Really hard ice. And as you know, these all-weather pitches don't take to ice in the, in the cold, believe it or yeah, not. These all-weather pitches. So the irony of these all-weather pitches... Um, out of the four games that were played, I'm sorry, out of the full card last night in Scotland, it was the only match called off, and surprisingly, it was the only match on an artificial surface that was called off. Yeah, which it was, was a bit annoying because that was my nap yesterday. It was. It was a real shame for Livingston as well. I think they kind of tried to move heaven and earth to get the game going, and uh, Aberdeen had travelled on the basis that there was a possibility that the game was going to be called off they called off a couple of hours before kick-off but that's just the nature of uh, the game in Scotland at this time of year unfortunately but hopefully all six Premier League uh, sorry Premiership games will survive on Saturday uh, and we kind of peak early on Saturday we've got Rangers v Celtic and that kicks off at 12.30 um, to last night to be fair so obviously full card last night Celtic routine win at home to United. Didn't see the match, but from what I've read so far, pretty comfortable win for Celtic. And that two or three nil scoreline seems to be quite popular, isn't it, with Celtic at the moment? Yeah, um, they've kind of steadied the ship a wee bit, I guess, going into the game at Ibrox on Saturday. Um, still not convinced. I think they still look fragile. Uh, Saturday will be a real, a real test for them going up against the Rangers side who are just absolutely relentless this season. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. I think as well last night, obviously Rangers again win to nil, um, 2 0 at St Mirren. They won obviously 3 0 at St Johnson last week and they just keep on racking up the points. A couple of real surprising results though. Um, not the St Johnston game a few people asked me on Twitter yesterday do you fancy St Johnston to score two or three or four goals um, given the fact we're 4-11 to 11, I think I tweeted last night that we should never be backed at 4-11 to 11. Um, when you look at the stats yesterday 
we had 29 shots off target. We had a handful of shots on target, but I wouldn't even call them shots. Um, I think we had nine corners, and it's been the story of the season so far for St Johnston. Um, lots of possession, lots of tidy play, but shooting wise, I've got, I reckon you could do a lot better up front shooting than we could at the moment, and that's and that's probably saying something. I'm not sure if that's a compliment or not. Oh, it definitely is. <laughs> um, um, I guess the surprise result last night was Ross County going to Hibs and winning 2-0. Uh, I did tweet yesterday saying that Hibs give me the absolute fear when they're 49. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hibs should never be packed at 49 against anyone, especially at home. Um, so I'm glad I left that match, but what a result for Ross County. In a really bad way, their first win, or their, only their second win, in 18 matches and that gives them a real fighting chance now obviously John Hughes is in charge there now and they host St Johnston on, on Saturday so again another interesting match to look at Yeah, I wouldn't like to be a St Johnston fan just generally but this weekend that trip to Ross County John Hughes effect might be kicking in at Ross County Yeah I, th- I think so, Ross County are 2-1 to one, and we'll touch on mm. that in a second but um, I guess the other big result was for Kilmarnock it's been quite a tough time for Kilmarnock recently. Uh, Performance-wise on the pitch, it's been really poor. Lost a lot of games. Alex Dyer, obviously, has had some issues off the pitch in terms of stuff that's happened at the club. Uh, but I think to win 2-0 at Motherwell, a great result for Kilmarnock. And I'm really pleased for Alex Dyer, actually, in what's been a really tough week for him. Um, especially with, with the racism stuff that was happening at Kilmarnock um, earlier in the week. But Motherwell, breaking news. We like to break news on the podcast. So we spoke this morning about Motherwell having a really, really, I'll be blunt, a really shit season. They finished third last year. We expected quite a lot from them, but they've been rank rotten this season. And it was re- released this morning that he, Stephen Robinson, has resigned from Motherwell. So I must admit, I'm a bit surprised. They have had a really poor season, but I didn't expect to see Stephen Robinson walk out. Yeah, I think, obviously, it's a decision that he's taken. He's said that he can't take them any further at this stage, um, which I think is probably been a bit harsh on himself. But when you look at the league table, um, it's hard to argue. You know, if they don't start picking up wins pretty soon, then they're going to be in a relegation fight at this this rate. Yeah, well, looking at the stats for this year, for 2020 calendar year, Motherwell have only won six matches which is actually the joint worst in the league alongside Hamilton. And this season, their main players and the players they brought in just haven't turned up. So it's, it's no surprise to see them now, obviously, languishing in the bottom half of the table. But it's very, very tight. I think the bottom six, quality-wise, this season, all five, six clubs down there have been poor. Yeah. So that includes Hamilton, Ross County, St Johnston, Kilmarnock, Submit to a certain extent. Mm. Uh, I think Livy can be really happy with how they've performed so far, and Dungeon United lead the way in terms of best of the rest. Yeah, but a long way to go yet, and there's not much between the sides. No, nope, not at all. Um, we'll try and put all that information into some context as we tackle uh, the games game by game at the weekend, um, and we will start at the Rangers v Celtic game. The arguably the biggest game of the weekend. Rangers with a chance to go an incredible 19 points clear of Celtic at the top of the table, albeit Celtic would still have three games in hand. For Celtic, chance to, I guess, reignite their title challenge. Um, 
win this one, the gap closes to 13. Obviously, as Celtic fans would be looking to win the three games in hand as well, which would really narrow the gap and it would be game on in terms of a title race. Yeah, I don't recall a uh, 2nd of January Celtic Rangers match being what you could classify as a title decider this early <laughs> on. I think obviously with the 16 points ahead, if you add into the mix the goal difference, which is essentially an extra point, I think yep. Rangers have a 21 goal difference lead over Celtic. Um, so you, potentially you could be looking at 20 points come kind of half past two on, on the second. It's a must win for Celtic. I don't think they can afford to lose. I think a draw's no use to them either. But for me, it's a, it's a match, being at Ibrox, it's a match that I think Stephen Gerrard will want them to go out and win. If they win that match on the second, I think we can all agree. And I think all Celtic fans would agree as well. If they lose that match or even draw that match on, on the second, then the league is well and truly over. I think even now, it's pretty much, you have to say, it's in Rangers' favour. You, yeah, you yeah, you can't see them dropping as many points as Celtic need them to drop. You're probably talking Rangers losing three or four matches for that to happen. And Celtic obviously have to go and win pretty much all the remaining games. And I, I can't see that happening. It's a fact as well, this match is at Ibrox. Now, Rangers at Ibrox this season have been relentless. They've won all 10 matches and they've conceded one goal um, yeah. in those 10 games. So, in terms of the betting angle for this match, I don't think there's any case to be made for Celtic 5-2, to two, given they're playing a Rangers side who, quite simply, have been fantastic this season. I think the even money on Rangers, though, should appeal. Yeah, I think even when you look back at recent fixtures, not just this season, Rangers have won three of the last five meetings between the two sides. And one of the games that Celtic actually won in the Betfred Cup, it was a real backs-to-the-wall performance. I think Fraser Foster probably was man of the match that day. So there's nothing in the recent games to suggest that Celtic can go there and get a result. And there's certainly nothing in Celtic's forum, which for me still looks a bit fragile, um, to suggest that they can be justifiably packed. Yeah, I think for me, Gerard for this match is definitely going to set out to win the game. And he'll be wanting this league over and done with as soon as possible. Um, at Ibrox, in terms of the betting angle, I wouldn't put anybody off backing Rangers to win it even money. I think it's actually a very, very good price, given how they've played this season, Rangers, so far. And I think, as you said, Celtic still look a bit vulnerable, a bit fragile defensively. Um, although they're back to winning ways, Celtic, I guess it's it's probably far from convincing. They're doing what they have to do and they're probably controlling games, but this is a massive, massive test for, for Celtic and obviously it's, it's a match they have to win. Looking at Rangers in the corner markets anyway, um, I think about this match, this market, in the, the last Old Firm game at Celtic Park and I think the market then the nap was Rangers to score and five Rangers corners. So I'm going to take a similar approach here. Now, I can't see Rangers losing this match. I really can't see Celtic winning it. So I'm going to take Rangers double chance. Uh, I'd be stunned if that didn't land. And I'm going to take Rangers to hit five or more corners. Now, that pays 20 to 23 with bet 365. And when you look back over Rangers corner counts this season... At home, they've hit 
14, 6, 9, 6, 14, 5, 7, 9, 14 and 5. So they've hit five or more corners in all 10 home games. And looking at Celtic, Celtic have conceded quite a few corners on the road. They shipped five at Hibs, six at Motherwell, six at Dungeon United, and even St Mirren and Ross County managed to hit four against them on, away from home. Mm-hmm. So for the for, so for Rangers to hit five corners, I think um, fits nicely into that bet builder of Rangers double chance and five Rangers corners at twenty to twenty three. Yeah, I think that's a fair bet. Um, one of the other markets I was quite keen to have a look at was on the first goal scorer market. I know that's usually popular when Celtic and Rangers play. Alfredo Morelos, who hasn't ever scored a goal against Celtic, he is a four to one favourite to open the scoring. But I like the seven to one about. James Tavernier to yeah. score. He's top goal scorer for Rangers with 14 goals, takes penalties, free kicks. I think he's weighed in with a few from open play as well this season as well. I just thought 71 was quite a big price for him to open the score and he's 94 to score at any time. No, absolutely. I think he's had a sensational season and for me, he's probably been the standout player this season in the Scottish yeah. Premiership. There's been quite a few players for Rangers that have stood out this season but I think for him, being a right back and to have scored 11 goals, loads of assists, um, and like you say, takes penalties, is probably one of the league's best free kick takers. I think the 7-1 to one or the 94 uh, really does appeal. Yeah, um, Celtic fans might be keen on the 22-1 to one for Shane Duffy to open the scoring. Maybe their best route to a goal is through a set piece, and he's been pretty dangerous in the opposition box when he's played. Well, yeah, you're as well taking him to score ahead of them. Aren't you? <laughs> yeah, you can get a price on it, might as well. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that game pans out and that kicks off at half 12 on Saturday. So you're betting. I don't see any um, card markets at the moment. So I think on the bet builder, um, you can take the old standard Scott Brown Morelos double <laughs> at 11 to 4, which to be fair is a terrible, terrible price. They're yeah. both odds on to get booked. It is, especially when there's question marks over both of them actually starting the game. Yeah, so I wouldn't be touching that. Um, there'll be there'll be lots of popularity around the book and bet builders. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not entirely sure, though. No one really stands out for me, other than obviously those two, but the, the price for those two is abysmal. Yeah. Um, I'm always slightly... Slightly put off the bet the card markets in these games. I think the bookies tend to overreact and cut prices a wee bit too short for there to be proper value in them. Yeah, I would say so. I think Kamara's probably a good shape, possibly for Rangers if he starts. Um, and for Celtic, Shane Duffy probably just because he's, he's so slow. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kamara is three to one to be carded, and Duffy is fifteen to eight. So. That would make a, a nice wee, nice wee double if both players start. Yeah, I, I think outside of Brown and Morelos, I think those two for me would be my, my shouts in terms of the card markets. But yeah, like you say, the bookies definitely overinflate. There might even be value on unders and the card count. Mm. I'm pretty sure we're probably going to need at least seven cards to hit anyone near evens. Okay, so the bet for you in this one is Rangers double chance and five or more corners for Rangers, and that's priced at 20 to 23. Yes. Okay, we'll quickly run through the rest of the games. Um, Aberdeen v Dundee United is probably the other standout game of Saturday's fixtures. Aberdeen, again, just continued to steady the ship, um, won another three points last week, 
disappointed at their game where Libya was was cancelled last night. They've now taken eleven points from the last fifteen, and they've got a pretty strong record at home as well. Um, they're eighty thirteen to win here. I'd say that looks a fairly solid bet, albeit a wee bit on the short side. Yeah, I think the bookies been a real arse last weekend. They had Aberdeen at five to four to beat us. Mm. Bearing in mind we are struggling at the moment. And they're only eight to thirteen to beat United, so someone's obviously got to kick up the arse in terms of the all compilers because there's no way they should be five to four against us and only eight to thirteen against United. I think eight to thirteen's probably about right, maybe a little bit short, possibly four to six, possibly. Um, I think Derek McInnes though will be absolutely delighted how his Aberdeen side have performed this season. They obviously sit third at the moment, thirty-eight points. Now, that 38 points at this stage of the season is probably up there with Aberdeen's best starts over the last 10 years or so, kind of points tally-wise. So, they're not playing great at the moment, Aberdeen, but what they are doing, though, is they're winning games. So, I don't think the Americans will care one jot how they're winning matches, but they're winning games, they're getting points on the board, and they're in a really good place at the moment. So, in terms of this game itself, when I look through the fixtures... I think it's a really, really tough card. And I know we say this most weeks on the podcast, but the Scottish Premiership games really are tough to call sometimes. This match for me, Aberdeen, probably just a little bit short for me. But on the corner markets, though, um, if I look at Dundee United on the corner count for this game. Now, I think United hit three last night at Celtic Park. Now, they lead the way in terms of being the best of the rest, United on, I think, 25 points, which is actually a great points return so far. Yeah. Um, what, halfway through the season. Um, I think Mickey Mellon will be delighted with that. Um, so for me here, it's a it's a, it's a a corner count. It's a team corner count for Dungeon United. Looking at their corner count so far away from home, the fit eight at Motherwell, seven at Ross County, ten at Kilmarnock, they hit five at Hibs, five at Hamilton, and they got three last night at Celtic Park Aberdeen themselves have shipped at least four corners in seven of their eight seven of their ten games at home and they've shipped six, uh, four or more corners sorry in six of their last eight so for me Dungeon United are even money to go to um, Pataudry on Saturday and hit four corners which for me I think looks pretty good uh, four corners for United at even money is worth taking on yeah, and it's, it's one of those ones where you've been quite keen to take opposition, oppose the favourites in terms of the corners. Um, you know, there's usually quite some decent value, uh, and some of them, Mother, uh, Dundee United, are 15 to 4 to win it, Petodre uh, and Saturday, so they definitely fall into that category where you can squeeze a wee bit of value out of the corner markets. Well, yeah, I think 2020 has been the year of the team corner. Um, and I'm not saying that it's my market, but what I would say is we've found lots and lots of value of heavy, heavy underdogs um, delivering three and four corners. Mm-hmm. It's something we did in Belarus. We did it in Norway with a lot of success. And we're, we're doing it now still um, in the British leagues, especially Liverpool. I think we've now backed Liverpool four times in the last five in their games for the opposition to get three or four corners and it's landed each time. And I think yeah. it landed again last night. Although I didn't put it on the channel last night, 
I think most of the guys on the channel now understand that that's a market t- to follow. Yeah. Um, and quite a lot of the guys did actually back Newcastle to get three corners, I think, at five to six. So this is another one. Not a massive price for United in terms of to win the match. But I do think four plus corners, though, is very, very achievable. United look to be at full strength. I, I, I don't see anybody missing from that side at the moment. They've got McNulty, they've got Shanklin, they've got Nicky Clark, and they've got McMullen on the bench as well. So definitely a lot of attacking options for United. And four corners for me is very, very achievable. OK, so we wouldn't talk anyone out of the Aberdeen win, but certainly feel the value is in the corners for the day United in that one. Yeah, definitely. OK, next up we've got the Lanarkshire Derby, Hamilton v Motherwell, and prior... A wee win. A wee win. <laughs> well, prior to Stephen Robinson uh, calling it a day, we had discussed it again pre-podcast, and my question to you was how on earth were Motherwell 7-10 to win this game? I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, my notes for this match would be that Motherwell have been absolutely dreadful this year. Um, Hamilton are bottom of the league, but they picked up a good point yesterday. And with Hamilton, you just never know what Hamilton yeah. is not going to turn up. I mean, they did, it, they did it last year, this time last year. The two teams played. Um, and here's a question for you. So Motherwell are on, uh, well, they've only won four games so far this season. Uh, they've only won 17 points. How many points do you think they were on at this stage last year? 29. They were on 37. Were they? Wow. They, they played one game more but they were 20 points better off than they were at this stage. So I guess last year they probably overperformed. This year they've definitely underperformed and I suppose their expectation is probably somewhere in between, to be fair. But Motherwell were on a great run this time last year and Hamilton ripped up the script and they beat them. Was that at Park? At Park. Park. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember that game. And, and Hamilton have a great record of ripping up the script um, in lots of games and had it not been for the news that's broken... Uh, in the last hour or so, then I think I would be very tempted with Hamilton at 16-5 in this, but not anymore. No, not anymore. And I think, as most of you all know, the minute a manager leaves, I think 99 times out of 100, that side will then go on and win their next game. Yeah. Uh, I, I can see that happening again on Saturday. Yeah, Mother- we don't have any... They've got a good team, Motherwell, and that's the problem. Yeah. They do have good yeah. players. They just haven't been performing. And we see it time and time again. The manager leaves, and the next, the very next match, the players end up turning up and getting a result. But to your point, I think 7-10 to 10 on Motherwell is very, very short. Motherwell should not be any shorter than even money for me. Yeah, and just looking at previously, Hamilton have lost just one in the last six being Motherwell. Um, so, as I say, I would have been all over it, but for me now, it's a no-bet. Yeah, I think no bets is that was the right call for this game. Okay, next up we've got Hibs v Livingston and uh, that defeat last night for Hibs, it just kind of drives a bus right through their home form for me. <laughs> they were actually looking pretty decent at home, reasonably reliable, and then they go and lose 2-0 to bottom side Ross County, who by all accounts were, were quite deserving of their win. Yeah, and it's just I was laughing earlier on when I said yesterday about Hibs giving me the fear. Yeah. It just had this, a total Hibs feel about it. They're going to a match, heavy, heavy favourites at home. And as the saying goes, have Hibs it. Mm. <laughs> um, I don't think anyone saw that match coming in terms of that result last night. No. Terrific result for Ross County. But for Hibs, they've got a chance of redemption fairly quickly. 
but they are playing a very, very good Livingston side. Um, I did a post Livingston last night in their game against Aberdeen, had that gone ahead. They are unbeaten in their last six. They have won their last four league games. Now, as you know, I used to heavily criticise Livingston's away record, mm-hmm. but I have to apologise. I must apologise to all connected to Livingston. When you look back at their last five away games, fairly certain they've won three, drawn one and only lost one. So they've actually picked up 10 points out of the last 15 available on the road. Um, yeah, I mean, impressive. the form of their lives, I don't remember Livingston being in this kind of forum uh, in the top flight for, well, maybe ever. But and since uh, with Gary Holt leaving. Gary Holt left. Yeah. And I generally thought that the wheels might fall off Livingston a little bit if he left. Yeah. But quite the opposite. Quite the opposite's happened. They've actually gone on and they've won their, their, their next five matches. Yeah, I, I just don't think anyone really seen it coming. David Martindale's been given the job until the end of the season. Um, he's been a kind of internal appointment guy who's been at the club for a number of years. Quite a fascinating story, actually. If you if you have the time to go and search it out um, about his past and how he's ended up where he is in terms of manager of a team in the Premiership, it's quite incredible. I would have liked to have seen that Aberdeen Levy game go ahead before I have a bet on the game Saturday here because. I kind of expected Aberdeen to go and win at Livingston last night, but based on Hibs' loss and Livingston not playing last night, therefore still won that tremendous unbeaten run. Again, this looks like one that's more difficult to call than I'd like it to be. Um, Hibs have kind of drifted a wee bit off the back of that defeat last night. They were even money yesterday. They're now at 11-10. Now, it makes it slightly more tempting. Um, but again, I wouldn't be backing it with a huge amount of confidence. Yeah, I think Livingston, and I'm not trying to take anything away, and I wrote this on the channel about the Aberdeen match. When you look at Livingston's results over the last few months, the fixtures that they've had have been very, very kind. And that's not to turn or take anything away at all from their points total, but they played Dungeon United, who were going through a COVID crisis. They won that 2 0. They played a Kilmarnock side who I think had lost six out of seven matches mm-hmm. on the really low confidence. They then scored a late goal in Perth against St Johnston. Mm-hmm. And I think they, who else did they beat? I think they beat St Mirren as well, I think. Um, they, had, they lost to St Mirren, but they beat Ross County in the, the Betfred Cup. Cup. And yeah. they also beat Air United in the Betfred Cup as well. So, so yeah. having looked at their fixtures, they actually haven't played anyone in the top four in 11 matches. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference for me between playing the likes of Ross County and um, Kilmarnock, and you know what, I'll put St Johnston in there as well, <laughs> um, to playing against Aberdeen and Hibs. Yeah. So I, I think this match for me, it's hard not to get drawn in by Hibs at 11-10. to 10. Mm-hmm. One thing I would say though is Hibs do concede a lot of goals at home. How many times now have Hibs conceded two goals at home in the last 12 months? It's a lot. <laughs> Um, and it tends to be against sides who you would think Hibs at home should be beating. So Hibs are 5-4 to four to score twice. Um, it's on my radar, but it would be a very tentative bet itself, just based on the fact that Livingston are, one, playing very well, and two, Hibs, after last night's result, how do they react to, to that? It could be a good time to get on Hibs, but it's more of a punt, really than any belief or hope. <laughs> yeah, Hibs have conceded 
two in five of their ten home games. So the over one and a half Hibs goals might not be the worst shout. They may well have to score two um, yeah, to get, get the points so. on Saturday. I think Hibs to score two would definitely overshadow Hibs to win if anyone's back in this match. Yeah. Uh, and obviously it's a slightly better price as well at five to four. Yeah. Okay, so that may be one that you have a wee closer look at nearer kick-off um, and decide to put it on your channel nearer the time. Yeah. Okay, two games left in the Premiership. Uh, one is Kilmarnock v St Mirren and a much-needed win for Kilmarnock last night. Um, it's probably staved off some chat of um, Alex Dyer being in the firing line um, for, a, for another couple of weeks anyway. Absolutely, yeah. He definitely was in the firing line. Uh, I speak to quite a lot of Kelly fans on Twitter and I think after the latest defeat at home to Livingston, I think a lot of them at that point had made their mind up that as nice a guy as he is, he mm. wasn't the man to take them forward. So I must admit, when they played Motherwell yesterday, I actually fancied Motherwell to probably try and get a result there. Yeah. Just based on the fact that one, Kelly have been rubbish and really low confidence. Motherwell being at home, but to go there and win 2-0, Gives everyone a massive boost, and it's a much, much needed win for Kelly. Um, they're back at home against St Mirren now. St Mirren obviously lost last night at home to Rangers. No surprise in that, to be fair, but I think they quit themselves pretty well. Um, but that was their first defeat in 11 matches, I think. So St Mirren are in decent enough shape coming into this match. I think for me, really difficult to call. It was difficult to call before last night. And I think Kelly winning last night makes it even tougher to call now. Yeah. So for me, it's a, it's a no bet. And I'll use my famous phrase from 2020, no result here would surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again. Uh, yeah, likewise, um, really, really tough to call. I think I'd maybe be tempted by St Mirren. But as you say, that result last night for Kilmarnock gives them a bit of confidence. Maybe they can build on that. Um, and yeah, no result would surprise us here. Okay, so game of the weekend then, Greg, is St Johnson's visit it's, it's to definitely not. County. And I guess the question is, is the John Hughes effect kicked in now for Ross County? He's Last night was his third game in charge, his first win under his belt after uh, a defeat to Celtic and then a defeat at home last week to St Mirren, albeit they were down to nine men, I think, in that game. So, Big, big result for them at, at Hibs last night. And uh, again, another team who are maybe just looking to build a wee bit of momentum against the St Johnson side, who I think they're now without a win in seven, um, if you include that 0-0 draw, which they eventually won in penalties against in Fairland in the Cup. And St Johnson just seem to be heading in the wrong direction at the moment. Yeah, I must admit, I watched the game yesterday and it's just the usual story for St Johnston. Lots of possession, lots of nice play in the middle of the park. But when it comes to cutting edge and scoring goals, it's just a shambles. We had 29 goals off target yesterday. Um, really struggling for goals at the moment. I don't know what Callum Davis is going to do to mix it up, but he's going to have to do something. Because it's the same post-match interview every week. Happy with how we've played. The team have played well, but we just can't score. But we're now at Christmas time. We're now nearly into to 2021. And that's still the case. Yeah. And that's why we're sitting fourth bottom. I think we're quite fortunate, to be fair, that it's a really poor league in terms of the bottom six. Nobody is going on a good three or four match winning run. So it's very, very tight. Ross County getting that result last night is massive for them. Um, one, it stops their rot. 
it gives John Hughes his first victory as Ross County manager. Um, Ross County are twenty-one to ten to win this match. Mm-hmm. We're eleven to ten. <sighs> can't see it. I can't. I can't see us scoring lots of goals. And I think with Ross County at home, they'll be full of confidence. I've got a couple of angles for this game. I'm not quite sure yet which way to go, and it'll probably be a bet if I do go with it that I'll share on my private channel. Yeah, and I think Ross County, I mean, if, if they win, it gives them the chance to actually leapfrog St Johnson in the table, chance to potentially go up to ninth. Um, and considering, I think you make a good point about no one's actually pulled away, but I think also no one's actually found themselves adrift either. You know, there's only five points separate, sorry, six points separate the bottom six. Yep. And, and the positions just seem interchangeable. Several teams have got games in hand on others, so... A couple of wins and, you know, you could jump up the table pretty quickly, but a couple of defeats and you find yourself quite near the bottom pretty quickly as well. So uh, all those teams there are in a fairly precarious position, I think, at the moment. Yeah, I think place-wise, I still can't understand really why Ross County are 21-10 to 10 and we're 11-10. to 10. Uh, I think the bookies probably think we're a lot better than we actually are. Uh, we're not playing badly. And that's probably the most frustrating thing. But there comes a point in time where something needs to change in terms of that team, in terms of scoring goals, because it's just getting ridiculous now. OK, so no no bet in that one at the moment. Maybe something shared on the channel later on. Just also point out one more stat is that six out of the last ten meetings between these two sides have ended level. Um, and the draw on Saturday is 23-10. to 10. Okay, we'll have a wee quick look into the lower leagues again. Not too many games catching our eye here. A lot of teams at short prices um, and a couple of games that just look a wee bit too close to call. But the one that you do want to win in on is Dundee v Hearts. Um, And a chance chance for Hearts to go a little clear of Dundee here if they can get the win at Dens Park. Yeah, I'm a massive Dundee and Hearts fan at the moment. They (laughs) brought in the the nap on Tuesday. Dundee had to go down, to be fair, against Aloha. But um, I kept the faith and they went on to win 3-1 as did Hearts so definitely game of the day in the championship now these two sides met on the opening day of the season and Hearts gave Dundee a royal thumping yeah. uh, they won that match 6-2 Dundee's form though coming into this game was fairly solid actually three wins and two draws and they've scored 11 goals now in their last four matches Osman So has started to find the net for Dundee now, Dundee are at home. Harps themselves, obviously, as we know, are going to cruise this league. There's no doubt about that. Uh, for me, the league's already over. Mm. It's just a case of how many points will Harps rack up. Um, Stephen Naismith got a, a six-minute hat-trick on Tuesday night at home to Arbroath. So, quite a difficult game for Harps. What I would say is, Harps' form on the road, in comparison to playing at Tynecastle, is quite contrasting. So, at home... Tynecastle was absolutely a fortress as we thought it would be. Five games, five wins, 25 goals scored. But away from home, they've only scored, I think, six goals in their four away games. Um, they're finding it much tougher. Obviously, they lost them firm one. Uh, I think they narrowly beat Morton away from home, a 1-0 win at Arbroath. So I don't think this is going to be plain sailing for, for Hearts. What I do like the look of, though, is, is goals. So with Dundee being at home, Hearts have actually conceded now in six of their nine games. And I can definitely see Dundee scoring on Saturday. 
in the evening kickoff at 7.20. So for me, quite a straightforward bet here, taking over 2.5 match goals in this game, which pays 3-4. to four. Yeah, I think you throw in Hearts current form as well. They've scored 16 in their last four. You've already touched on Dundee scoring 11 in their last four, so kind of does look as if it's got goals written all over it. Yeah, definitely. I think both teams have scored here and with a good shout. Um, Hearts, obviously, a wealth of experience in that side. International players. Um, I think Boyce went off injured on, on Tuesday. Uh, hopefully he's okay for Saturday, but that side, they've got goals right through that side. Hearts. Uh, but so did Dundee, to be fair now, starting to score goals. Um, yeah, I think three goals in this match is a really good shout, I think, for me, at three to four. Yep, good shout. And that game is live on BBC Scotland as well, as you say, it's 7.20 on Saturday night. What a hell to be alive. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, anything else in the World Leagues that catches your eye? Uh, looking forward to watching Clyde beat Patrick Thistle. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, um, Patrick Thistle, in, in, in League One, there's three sides at home all at very short prices. So Cove entertained Peterhead. Um, a bit short for me, Cove wanted to, especially after recent home results. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be touching that. It's just a little bit too short for me. Montrose do stack up, though, at home to Forfar at 1-2. to two. Again, it is a little bit short, though, for that league. And finally, Patrick Thistle host Clyde. You just don't know what to get with this Clyde side. Or Thistle, um, for that matter. Or Thistle, to be fair, yeah. I think Thistle will be quietly happy they avoided defeat last week against Falkirk. Falkirk yeah. uh, they got a man sent off, so a draw for them was probably a decent enough result. But this is a match where I don't think Thistle fans will accept anything other than three points. Has to be a must-win for Thistle. Uh, certainly, though, could be backing them at 2-5. to five. Albeit, I, I would expect Thistle to win this match I think we could see goals in this game obviously Clyde have David Goodwillie who will be Clyde's top goal scorer again this season but yeah those three homes do look pretty short and I think you mentioned pre-podcast about Falkirk away to East Fife yeah I thought they looked pretty pretty solid at 7-10 although East Fife have got a decent home record as well but um, yeah in a weekend where it's a struggle to find much value in the lower leagues I thought Falkirk were probably about as good a bet as anyone yeah, I would say so. I think Falkirk out of that league, other than Montrose, can be pretty chuffed with how the season's gone so far. Haven't been setting the heather alight, but they've been collecting points, winning matches, and it's a match you would expect them to go and win. And I guess yep. that takes us on to, to League Two. Yep. Um, so again, yeah, at the moment, um, all I can see at my living room window is lots of snow. So... <laughs> There might be a lot of games called off on Saturday. League leaders Queen's Park, who come into this off the back of a Scottish Cup extra time win at Dundonald Bluebell. Now, I watched that match, and it's the first time I've properly watched Queen's Park this season. It was a match they dominated, and they controlled. They, they racked up, I think, 14 corners in normal time. But they do play a lot of width. I think Jake Atongo... Um, was, he, I think he got man of the match, actually. And he's a real handful. Um, they've got McLean on the right-hand side as well. So they travel to Albion Rovers. They're only 2-7 to seven to win the match. So as we said, the value in Queen's Park is going to start to go. But they are playing one of the weakest teams in the league. So no surprise at all to see them as short as 2-7. That said, we might get some value potentially on corners. 
So that's going to be something I'll share on the channel. But other than that, it's a really tough card to call. I think Elgin looked a bit too short for me at 1-4 to four at Beacon. Yeah. Obviously, Beacon are whipping boys, but there's no way I can be having a team in League 2 as short as 1-4 to four away from yeah. home against yeah. anyone. Yeah. yeah, and I guess the other game worth mentioning is Cowden B3, Edinburgh again. Another one, Edinburgh, for me, just look a wee bit too short at 3-4, to four, given relative inconsistency that they've shown this season. Yeah, they've been up and down, Edinburgh City, uh, really inconsistent. And there hasn't really been any other standout sides other than Elgin. I think Elgin have, have a, had a great season so far. You're originally expecting to find out how Orston Rahr, Stirling Albion, uh, maybe even Stenhouse Muir, are they going to come into a game yet? But at the moment, it's um, Queen's Park's league to lose. I think yes. they're going to cruise that league. Um, OK, they, they drew one on in that Scottish Cup game, but I, I was really impressed by them. Uh, I think Gillespie, in the middle of the park, he's played well over 150 games from, for Hamilton in the Championship and the Premiership. And as we keep speaking about Queen's Park, they've just got a wealth of experience in that side. And if that match goes ahead on Saturday, um, it should be a very comfortable Queen's Park win. Yeah. OK, I think that covers everything in good enough depth. Can you just give us a wee recap then of your bets for the weekend? Yeah, so starting off on Saturday, half past 12, it's the big one. It's Rangers at home to Celtic. And I'm taking Rangers not to lose the game. So Rangers double chance and Rangers to hit five corners on the bet, 365 bet builder. And that pays 20 to 23. Um, and that will be this weekend's nap. Um, moving into the Scottish Premiership in the three o'clock kickoffs, I'm taking Dungeon United at Aberdeen to hit four or more corners at even money. And again, that's with Bet365. And finally, in the evening kickoff in the Championship, Dundee host Hearts, and I'm taking over 2.5 match goals at three to four. Stuff. And there's quite okay. a few other bets I may post on the channel closer to Saturday. Yeah, so if you're not already a member of Greg's private Telegram channel, then visit gambler.co.uk for all the details on how to sign up there and you can get Greg's tips direct to your phone um, almost on a daily basis. Alternatively, you can give Greg a follow on Twitter if you're not already doing so. His handle is at browning84greg um, and you can join in his various slaggings of Partick Thistle, Dundee. Who else? No, no one's safe, to be fair. Anyone's up for a slagging. Even St. Johnson. Even St. More so than anyone else, to be fair. So, it just leaves me to thank you for listening. Uh, thanks for listening throughout 2020. It's been great fun to do the podcast. Um, and wish you best of luck for a prosperous and profitable 2021. Hopefully starting with some profit this weekend. Yeah, I guess I'll echo that. Um, just wish everyone a a really safe 2021 I really enjoyed doing the podcasts and a big thank you to all the guys on the channel and here's to a good 2021